0: It's Saturday morning. It's 10 o'clock. This is the Van Wee Financial Hour. I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm
1: Adam Van Wee. And we are here as usual
0: in this very bright, sunny, warm, sort of typical August, humid, typical August North Florida day where you can do almost anything you want to as long as it's either air conditioning or has water around
1: it. Or you're just willing to sweat. Or just that. Well, you'll get water around you that way.
0: True. Through the miracle of condensation. Anyway, we want to welcome everybody back if you're a regular and if you're new to the show and just found out about it, whether we told you or you found it by accident or heard it on the street or whatever, uh, stick around for the hour. We'll we'll always promise you that you'll learn something, never promise you how much it'll be worth, but uh, we'll sit here for the whole hour and tell you everything we want you to know, but... If you would like to change the subject, you are in control. Pick up the phone, dial 904-222-8255 or 222-TALK, and it will pop up on my magic screen, and we will answer it and immediately change the subject to whatever you want. We will, as usual, have a trivia question presented right after the first break, and there's just always so much going on these days that there's kind of never a dull moment out there and this was another week that we needed for a simple reason last week was so good and for the last several months anytime we had a really good week it was followed by a really pathetic
1: week that did not happen this time nope no it was a it was an interesting week for sure it was pretty tame all all things being said it wasn't um it wasn't a lot of wild swings there were some swings but it wasn't wasn't crazy. Uh, the Dow actually shed one-tenth of a percent, so pretty much flat. The S&P gained... That was all because of Friday. It yeah. had a good well, chance to open up. Friday wasn't down, close up. down that much. I mean, well, it was, it if, was pretty it flat. It wouldn't have
0: taken much action in the Dow, and it would have been green across the board. But yeah, it doesn't but, really I matter. Tenth w- is a nothing.
1: Yeah, if it, if it wasn't down by a tenth, it would have been up by a tenth. So yeah, exactly. no big deal. Um, the S&P gained four-tenths, and the NASDAQ was actually up 2.2%. And the week was a bit strange in that there was no real consensus in the trading on the news. And what I mean by that is that it really appeared that investors were torn between the all news is good news uh, type of trading cycle and the all news is bad news type of trading cycle. Just look at Friday when the jobs report was released and the headline number was way bigger than expected. So in a normal environment, the futures would probably have shot up on that news. But in this environment, that news meant that a hot labor market could mean bigger rate hikes and more rate hikes. And so the futures actually took a big tumble.
0: And they were just starting to spread the rumors that maybe the Fed would go on pause or something like that, which was a ridiculous notion in the first place. But
1: that wiped it out. Yeah, but not really, because if you followed the trading on Friday after the futures dropped a couple hundred points the the basically the market spent all day clawing back to neutral mm-hmm. and with the nasdaq actually finishing uh, uh i think stronger and the other two were flat to even or, or flat to down slightly and it's um so yeah it was one of those things where initially the news was all news is bad news but then throughout the day i think that shifted and turned into okay good news actually is good news so that that's kind of where it's been I would say for the last month to month and a half where people are just uncertain as to which direction this market is going to go. And I think that really just summed up sort of the, the this quarter so far, although the bias has been towards the positive because uh, June or July turned into a a pretty darn good month with the Dow up 6.6%, S and P up 9.5 and the NASDAQ up 14.8. So pretty good month there. Yeah, not bad at all. But as usual, of course, the jobs
0: report, I'll talk about this later, but was completely misunderstood.
1: It always is. But there, it it's a confusing report. There's mm-hmm. a lot of information in there. And it all true. tends to contradict uh, whatever one. If you look at one number, there's another number that you can use to contradict it. So it's, it's always like that. Because of the strong July, the S&P is now trading at an overbought level, something that I wasn't sure I would be saying in the second half <laughs> of this year. Yeah, <laughs> no. um, So I wouldn't be surprised in the near term to see more flat to slightly down weeks. Um, just because of that, it would take, I think it would take a really big boost to sentiment to to get a, get a big up week in the middle of this. I'm not ruling it out, but I'm putting it in the 10% category of outcomes Mm -hmm. versus the, the other 90% being somewhere the uh, slightly down to, to flat. It just, when it gets like this and there's no real news propelling it, that's not a great setup to me.
0: It needs the pause that refreshes, Mm -hmm. let it catch up with itself.
1: So more than 800 companies have now reported earnings in this quarter. And so far, been a very strong second quarter yep. the earnings beat rate is above 70 percent while the revenue beat rate is an even more impressive 72 percent the only cautionary number coming out of earnings reports it it's not even really that bad the guidance rates have been absurdly high since COVID hit mm-hmm. and what i mean by guidance rates is uh sometimes uh companies along with their earnings will give forward guidance that's either higher than what was expected or lower than what was expected, or sometimes they don't say anything. So the majority of companies don't say anything. When you do see guidance, it's a really good sign that that company company is either bullish or bearish on their forward outlook. And so right now, you're seeing raises, guidance raises, trending up around 10%, and cuts have been at 9.5%. Now, those are not bad numbers in either direction. Historically, they're sort of in the upper median sort of numbers. Um, They're going in the wrong direction though, but they're coming off some historically crazy positive numbers. So the last quarters through the COVID recovery, you were seeing tons and tons of companies raise guidance because they had lowered it so much during COVID. And so when the economy rebounded, especially last year, you were seeing a ton of companies raise guidance and very few uh, bring it back down. So now that's basically it's reverting back to normal levels. and But yep. obviously that trend is not in the positive direction, but it's not a negative sign either. So it's kind of hard to digest exactly what that means other than maybe we're returning to normal. Yeah, Reversion to the mean will always happen. So last week we saw bond yields dive after Fed Chair Powell hinted that the worst of the rate hikes might be behind us. The 10-year uh, Treasury actually dipped down close to 2.5%. That was down from its high of close to 3.5%. However, several other Fed members spoke up this week and took decidedly hawkish stances on curbing inflation, which caused rates to head right back up, and the 10-year closed the week over 2.8%. Mortgage rates also followed that trend. They briefly dipped below 5% last week, but they ended this week above 5.3%. Historically, that's still a pretty reasonable mortgage rate, although it will change your payment substantially last year at this time, the mortgage rate was 2.77%. On a $500,000 mortgage, you would have a payment of $2,047. This year at 5.3%, that same $500,000 mortgage will cost you $2,777 $2,777 Ooh. per month. Ouch. That's an increase of $730 a month or 36%. So Ouch. if you don't think that mortgage rates are going to have an impact on affordability, you are wrong. That is a big impact. 36% higher mortgage payment. Ouch. And that doesn't include interest or, or sorry, uh, taxes and, and uh, insurance. So those are just the the principal and interest numbers. With the global economy slowing and the Chinese property market in trouble, industrial metals have fallen significantly in the past weeks. In fact, many of them are sitting just above pre-COVID levels now due to the massive drop. It's a pretty good news for inflation, but it might take a while before you realize it at the hardware store. So, But look for prices to start coming down in, on things that in, are involved in home building. Yeah, we're
0: going to get inflation numbers released next week. And what's going to happen is they're going to reflect a couple of weeks old, so anything that's happened that's kind of dramatic right now, like the metals falling to that degree, that's not really going to be reflected in this number. I'm expecting another pretty big outsized inflation number. I just don't see any way that it's not going to remain quite elevated at this point. But I do think peak inflation has at least a chance, and we'll talk much more about that in the new law and everything after a quick break. This is the Banway Financial Hour. Welcome back to the Van Wee Financial Hour. I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm Adam Van Wee. And we do have a trivia question, as usual, brought to you by Ken Bales at First Coast Alarm. You can call Ken at 904-636-7888. This is about debt and how America's spending money and inflation and recession and that sort of thing. Way more people now are getting by month to month on their little pieces of plastic in their wallet. In the past year, how many billions of dollars have been added by Americans to their credit card debt? It's an even number of billions, and it's greater than zero. Those are my only two hints right now. So how much debt
1: and billions have Americans piled onto their credit cards? All right, back to jobs. Yeah, there was a lot of jobs news this week. And a lot of it was better than expected, starting with the... Actually, the one thing that missed was the JOLTS report. It showed that there are still 10.7 million open jobs in the U.S. And, yeah, that was a miss. <laughs> and it, was it, yeah, it was called
0: Yeah, it was called a miss on the low
1: side. Well, it is down from 11.3 last yeah. month. And everything I've read says that if you look at the job sites like Indeed, their job postings are slowing way, yeah. way down. So... That is uh, that is not great news, although if you're in this environment where there's so many jobs available and now there's slightly less, that's not really the end of the world. Actually,
0: either. part of my jobs wrap-up is about that very thing. Okay.
1: Um, employers are looking like they are quicker to lay people off recently. The That uh, initial jobless claims number was once again above 250000 sort of that magic point where we start to get a little bit worried of a, a recessionary indicator. Um, this is the third week in a row. It was at 260000 so it's just barely over, but the trend is clearly in the wrong direction at this point. Um, the ADP report was not released this week, so they are revamping that report. The very little information was available yeah, about it.
0: I'm an old IT guy back from... Well, the 70s. So when I say old, I mean old. But we had a way of doing things back then where if you were replacing a system with a new system, you'd run parallels. Right. And they'd keep reporting the old system until the new system was proven to work. Makes no sense. I know. ADP isn't running the parallels. They just didn't report it, which might be a little clandestine. But the rumor on the street is that they hired their website consultant. From Vistar.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, I made that up. Ouch. Well, um, actually,
0: was, I'm going to start the rumor on the street and then I won't have made it up. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, that was really strange. I, it's not often that you just see uh, any of these economic reports just not report. I, I have no idea what that was. It makes no all sense. About. It does not. Um, but then you look at the non farm payrolls number and it was a huge beat, came in over 500,000 on an estimate of 258,000 and the unemployment rate dropped to 3.5% uh, personal wages were up. It was, uh, there were a lot of decent numbers in, in that report. Mm -hmm. Well, and as promised, good morning, Karen.
2: Yes.
0: What can we do for you today?
2: Uh, well, I have a question. Shoot. Um, I've been trying to figure out, um, I keep an eye on, on the credit and have for forever. And, uh, what I've noticed is they've gone to checking. Uh, I, I look at Credit Karma. They they check every single day where it used to be like once a month. And uh, we have the credit cards set up. One is my husband's, and he's the owner of the card. I'm an authorized signer, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we always pay the card off every month. And I've been doing this, you know, religiously forever. Mm-hmm. And he he might have a utilization of 1%, maybe 2%. And he keeps dropping points. And I don't understand that.
0: How many cards are active?
2: Well, we use one at a time. And uh, once we kind of max out for the year, then we switch to the other one. Because it's the only way to keep our credit up because we have no debt. We paid our house off a while ago, long time ago. Well, Cars are paid for. It's like everything's paid for.
0: Well, so you're saying you're a deadbeat? That's I'm what, a deadbeat. Uh-huh, that's what credit card companies call you, because you don't pay them a yeah, bunch of I, interest every
1: month.
2: Right, <laughs> but I've always done done that since I was a kid.
1: No, I've he's always... just he's just joking around. You're, you're you're actually in an enviable position, and, exactly. and you've been very financially smart. So. um so kudos to you for well, my, that.
2: Well, like my my credit is 820 because we're using his right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, I try to time it um, because it's uh, two, and they've started doing this, two days. Uh, it doesn't matter when you, you know, you, you make the payment. I try to make it almost to the end because it cuts off when you can um, send the payment in. Mm-hmm. So there might be a little bit left on there because I can't quite get it all if something gets charged. So there might be, you know, a hundred bucks on there or something. That should help not month. hurt. So, I, well, it does. And his hmm. goes his goes down and I can't figure it out because mine is 820 uh, is my credit thing. And his was edging up to where mine was and he's lost like three, four points.
1: So and th- that, and that's I haven't a done anything different. Though. Yeah. So... Karen, are you looking to buy, to finance anything in the near future?
2: Uh, well, we've talked for probably 20 years about, you know, maybe selling, downsizing, whatever, cause we are older. We're, okay. we're both retired. And, uh, but, It just, it doesn't make sense to me and I've kind of racked my brain. I don't understand it. (laughs) You know, obviously we pay, we pay our bills, you know, and the way we keep the credit up is by, you know, we put the the bills on the credit card so we have something to pay every month. Yeah.
1: Well the good news is I don't think it's going to make any difference in the rate that you're going to get those few points plus or minus. As long as you're above 800, I don't see any reason that you wouldn't qualify for basically the lowest interest rate on whatever it is you went to purchase. And I know mm-hmm. it's a, it's kind of a fun game to play to see how high you can get your credit, but mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. after that 800 number, I, is there, I don't even think there's another break point above that. Yeah, I
0: bounced back and forth between 849 and 850. And
2: so I can get that high, 820 is high. Well, <laughs>
0: Let me give you a hint. You have one credit card yeah. that you're using now, but you also have another credit card, right?
2: Right. Well, we, and we both do it so that, uh, his is, you know, he's the primary person and I'm the, uh, signer authorized signer and vice versa. Well, and I've got a very in- interesting story. I guess I might tell you if you have time. Of course. Sure. Um, when the husband and I got together, we got together about, uh, tw- well, we just had 20th wedding anniversary. So we were late in, in meeting mm-hmm. and, uh, I actually, you know, had everything established. It was all in my maiden name. And uh, when I met him, he he didn't have a real great credit thing, but we got it straight. And uh, the credit card I had was Discover. And uh, at that time when he met me, I was retiring. Yes? Mm -hmm. Okay, sorry.
1: No, we're no
2: problem. and so anyway the card was in my name not his. And suddenly he well he had the job and I was retiring. And the card comes and it comes in his name. And so I check with them what you know I've had this card for 20 30 years. Yeah. Why why is this card suddenly his card? Oh we can't talk to you. You're not the owner of the card. Oh wow. I went, excuse? <laughs> I said excuse me? You know, I, I was really hot. And so uh, I said, well, he got on the phone. He says, I never applied for the card. This was never my card. This was her card before I ever even met her. And uh, so then they gave me some spiel about, well, we'll look into it. We'll research. It'll take 90 days. So I said, <laughs> okay. Jeez. Um let me let me share something with you. I'm gonna involve a third party into this, meaning I'm gonna sue you for discrimination. I didn't say that I said, but uh th- this is not co's show that is and bizarre. a couple days later, I get this letter saying, oh it's it's all been fixed <laughs> No figure
1: that's, so, that's unbelievable yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean,
2: okay. and, that, and that happened that that made me so hot <laughs> no it should have
1: that's that's terrible that's. I mean, yeah, that is definitely suitable, that offense. But, but
0: let me give you a suggestion. Take out mm-hmm. one of your other credit cards, whatever it is, the one you're not using currently, and buy something mm-hmm. with it every month. Mm-hmm. A tank of gas, okay. whatever, a trip to Publix. Okay. And pay it off every okay. month. Okay. Clark Howard.
2: Okay.
0: He, do you know who Clark Howard is?
2: Oh, yeah. I oh, used to good. listen to him, yeah. but I haven't found him.
0: <laughs> he will He will tell you, he's got a great article about this on his website, by the way, but he'll tell you, have two cards active and paid off every month at the same time, and your credit score will go up. Hmm. That's something okay. that nobody knows unless they happen to read him. Okay. But he also has another recent article on the difference between a co-owner and a co-signer or authorized mm-hmm. signer on credit cards. So he's just yeah. a, a wealth of information along these lines. And you should right. take a perusal on his website, and you'll see what I was talking about, I believe.
2: Okay, and I've got an answer to your question 46000000000 $46, billion.
0: 46 <laughs> is too low. Good guess, though. Too yes. low? Yeah, too okay. low. That, that was right. just my part. That everybody right. else had to it too. <laughs> thanks thanks for the call. Appreciate it. All right, um, we're going to take a break, come back. There's a few more things to say about, um, in particular, jobs reports. And then we've got... You know, my penchant for stupidity, and the job gets easier every week with the stupidity flying around D.C., <laughs> so I'll just pass on some of my observations on that, and we'll see what else comes to pass also. But don't believe everything you just heard in the jobs report. Listen to the wrap-up after the break, and you'll see why. All right, we're going to pay some bills. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the Van Wy Financial Hour. Welcome back to the Van Wee Financial Hour. I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm Adam Van Wee. And the trivia question is still out there. How many billions of dollars did Americans add to their credit card debt over the past 12 months? And we know that it's a number greater than $46 billion, which, incidentally, should scare everybody. But that's an aside. All right, let's talk about jobs. 528,000 jobs announced by the um, government as the headline number uh, down to 3.5% unemployment rate. So I looked in, as I always do, I dig a little deeper into the household survey, found that 63,000 people left the workforce this past month in July. Just left. Got fed up and quit or whatever. That number creates that 3.5% because you're only counted under you... U3 rules if the, um, if you're looking for work actively. So that happened. But the actual number of jobs reported was, uh, let's see, it, three, two, 200, right? 309. No, that was the adjustment. I'm sorry, One, 179,000 was the household survey. So you've got two ways to report it by the same government, same BLS that reports them. One of them says it was 528. The other one says it was 170. What happened? Two things. One, employers are hiring people who were formerly self-employed. The self-employed roles are going down, down, down. And they're doing that because they, they have to if they want to have employees they are going to stay there because they can't get anybody off the street, which everybody knows if you've talked to anybody who's trying to hire these days. So a lot of the self-employed people and the the really small businesses, one person, two people, they're going to work for companies now, probably companies that they were contracting with. So it didn't really come in to net new jobs the way they said. Plus, you've heard me talk in the past about the CES, current employment situation, birth-death ratio, but I haven't explained it for a while. It has nothing to do with people dying or being born. The birth-death ratio refers to an estimate made by the Department of Labor as to how many businesses were created versus how many businesses went under in a single month that haven't gotten around to reporting yet. Well, that was a rather healthy number in July at 309,000. So if you take the, some of us call those the made-up jobs. I don't know how fair that is. There are times when I think it makes some sense. But there's only been one negative number in the birth-death ratio this year, that was in January. The accumulated made-up jobs, if I might, are 911,000 so far, just through July. Now, that's unverifiable. But think about this. We've been in a recession, and no, don't try to argue with me about that two quarters of negative GDP change is a recession. And they're saying that all these new businesses are being created and I'm not buying it. I'm mm, just not buying it. I,
1: I don't know. I, I could buy it. I, new businesses can be a, a single member. Sole it can proprietor, be, proprietorship. Well, it, the it way they be, count
0: jobs, they ask everybody in the household survey, have you so much as gotten paid for one hour of babysitting? In this month. And if you say yes, your countenance is employed. And that's been going on for a long, long time since the days of Obama. But then, here's stupidity number one for this week. The Biden, I was going to say administration, but it was actually the man himself. He has been on TV, I've seen him twice so far, saying right now, there are more people employed in America than Ever before. no, And you know we're still trying to catch up to February 2020, pre-COVID. But worse than that, two months ago, you don't need to know this, the number of millions is 158 in on both months. That doesn't matter. But look at the last part. Two months ago, the last three numbers were 426, and this month they're 290. So I've got the, the big question for this week is what is a larger number? four hundred twenty six or two hundred ninety now when i went to school which granted was a long time ago it was four twenty six and i did get a degree in math along the way too so i can truthfully say that there are not more people working today than at any time in american history stop lying to us (laughs) it's so annoying to be lied to over and
1: over and over part of the part of the reason that this has been so difficult to unpack is that different states are, um, are reopening. I shouldn't say that. Different states are, are getting back to pre-COVID levels at different rates. So if you look at Florida last year saw an increase in new businesses of 632,105 versus a state like New York with stricter lockdown measures they saw an increase of only 309,170. So almost, yeah, so double actually in Florida compared to New York, um, where you would think because they had been locked down harder, there would be more new businesses opening and the population. One would think. Yeah, but that's not the case. Florida saw double the increase. And that is those stats I've been seeing more and more of. Uh, The unemployment in blue states has been much higher. California... Um, New York, Illinois, versus um, Texas and and Florida, too. So there is it's almost like two different economies at this point. So when you see these nationally aggregated figures, they're, they, they're I guess, pulled in two directions by the discrepancies in how things have been run in the last two years. Yeah, it's similar to real estate because all real estate is actually local, but you aggregate the numbers. Right. And you say, here's the
0: trend of the country, but some, some are not going up to speak of, and others are going up to speak of, so to speak, Yeah. if I might.
1: And speaking of good news for Florida, uh, there was a Rasmussen poll done this recently. I don't know if it was this week or last week, but um, they asked people this question. If you could move to any state you wanted to, would you rather live in California, Texas, Florida, New York, Pennsylvania, Illinois, or some other state? And some other state actually took the highest number of voters with 37, but the highest one from that list was Florida at 18%. And the second highest was California at 11%. So not even really close. Hmm. Um, and then followed by New York, Texas, Pennsylvania, Illinois. Well, I would have thought Texas would be higher. I would have thought so too. Um, and I would have thought California would be lower, but I guess yeah. it still is desirable to some people. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but Florida had clear, clear winner there by quite a wide margin. Well, not going to get any less crowded around here, is it? No, that's good news. Bad news, as mm-hmm. always, for us. What it means uh, we're not. Our economy will probably stay pretty hot for the foreseeable future, but we're going to have to deal with more traffic and and you know people coming in from other areas that may not and think it, like us.
0: Uh, there's an awful lot of local politicians who are running on a no development um, platform too, and you can't let all these people in and have no
1: development. People. No. No, it's not possible, especially if you if you want your property values to stay somewhat normal. Yeah. I
0: mean, you, you don't want to be paying California house prices. No, me. we do not. All right. How about, and I told you so, over the years, you've heard me talk about gold and silver. Everybody knows that I am a big fan, but a big frustrated fan. And I've told you why over and over. It's because the big banks manipulate gold and silver they do it by buying and selling futures that aren't related to actual physical things. Well, guess what? They got caught. Last Friday night, a case went to the jury. And the case the the defendants in the case are from JP Morgan Chase. Three of them that were metals traders, and they have been manipulating gold and silver for years using something called spoofing. So when, when the price is a little higher than they want it because they want to make a big buy, they'll spoof an order out there and they'll leave it open for a minute or two, and that order might be to sell 100 million sh- um, contracts on gold. Well, they don't have 100 and whatever million contracts, so right before that order is to be executed, they'll cancel 90 of them. By then, everybody has seen the sell order and the price is down. And they do it again in reverse. Well, they are on trial for making tens of millions of dollars for doing exactly this. I have been watching. That jury apparently is not back in yet. But the second it is, you'll hear it on the Saturday right after that. Because I am just thrilled that this has finally come into fruition. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is the Banwy Financial Hour. Welcome back to the Van Lee Financial Hour. I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm Adam Van Ween. And trivia question remains out there. How much credit card debt did Americans rack up over the last 12 months? And we know that $46 billion is too low.
3: Good morning, Bob. Bob? Yes, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Hey, what's up? How are you guys? Great. Hey, just... Uh I'm hearing a lot of talk about uh, China and uh, Southeast Asia and the need to arm up Japan and help them uh, develop their military, et cetera, and other countries in that area, that region. Do you have, guys have any thoughts on defense stocks at this point in time um, as a potential buy um, or, you know, uh, something to look at? I own
0: the, the ETF for defense and military um, uh, okay i t a is that right Adam? i'm looking at there's several but yeah, i I'm, I'm, I'm looking
1: up the list there's uh yeah there's p p a x a r a r k x uh actually that's a what's the big one though that i t a yeah that's yeah i t a okay and,
0: and surprisingly yeah. perhaps the defense budget went up despite who' was doing the budgeting and mm-hmm. that that was what i had owned it before in the in the Trump administration, but I didn't sell it when I heard that and I had been considering doing it. So yeah, I guess you'd have to say I'm a bull.
3: It's well. up uh, with the, the um, when, before Reagan came in, I was working in the industry as you know, and ahead of that, a lot of the astute people were buying defense stocks. And mm-hmm. I think if we flip this administration, uh, it may not be a bad play in the market, especially if you can get a broad based section of the market under
0: your belt. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that you know, it's one of those satellite things are their core things that we never really rotate out of, but there are several mm-hmm. things that we do rotate out of in the satellite parts of the portfolio. And that's one for anybody who feels like you do. And I do.
1: It's mm-hmm. uh, it's actually up year to date, just under 2%. So not too bad compared to the rest no of kidding. the market. Um, mm-hmm. Decent defensive play in mm-hmm. this type of market. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could make a case either way on this one. Um, mm-hmm. It's that's a tough one. It, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, I I wouldn't. I, I mean, I, I would say it's a it's a relatively safe bet, but it's I don't know that it's, it'll be a, a huge winner for you either.
3: Yeah, don't overweight it though. No, don't overweight it. Yeah, I, sure, true. What What's interesting is I was at uh, one of the big home uh, box home box uh, builders ran into a guy that uh, works at NASA, and he was telling me that uh, NASA now has a something that will go and capture an asteroid, pull the asteroid in, and drill into the asteroid, and uh, mine all the minerals in the asteroid. Whoa. So there's there's stuff going on that, that we don't even know about. That's, that's cool. That is from a, really cool. Well, with China over in and Afghanistan and, and moving quickly around the rest of the world. We may have to resort to that to get minerals. <laughs> no yeah. kidding.
0: I got a few few comments on that one coming up
1: too. <laughs> if we keep if we keep sending our our dumb politicians over there and ticking them off too, I I don't know. It might, it's looking worse and worse by the day. It, for damn sure. Yeah, you, so enjoy you...
3: the show. You guys have a great rest of your Saturday, and uh, thanks for uh, weighing in on the defense stocks. Thanks.
0: Do you um, want to take a shot at the trivia while you're there?
3: Um, I tuned in too late. I don't even know what it is. So uh, how much I, I, credit I card debt you. have
0: Americans added in the past 12 months? It, it's a number of billions, and that number is greater than 46.
3: Um, I'd say 62 billion.
0: That is another good guess, but it is also too low. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah wow, you, you that's, know, that's I, was, I always have a point. Itself. I think everybody's gotten the point already on this one, haven't they?
3: That's scary at this point, right? <laughs> yeah, you got it.
0: Okay. Thanks for the call. Appreciate bye. it. Bye. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, guys. Howard and Stephen Ben, we Team Gold Finance. One, I know we're running out of time, so seven more seconds. Uh, I'm going to say forty-six was too low, hundred and sixty million, and I'm probably not high enough. No, actually, you're a little too high, but you got a okay. bracket now, and we appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Phil. Bye bye. Okay. I don't even have to give another clue now because we've got a bracket. Pretty good bracket, yep. All right, everybody has been following, probably, if you watch any news at all, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act that is, right as we speak here, being negotiated. This day is, they call it, Voterama Day or something like that, where the Republicans try to make changes and the Democrats vote them down every time. But it's going to very likely pass into reconciliation, and among other brilliant moves, it's going to add 87,000 IRS agents and increase the number of audits of Americans by
1: over 700,000 annually. Okay, so hold on. First of all, where are they going to find that many people who are smart enough to do that job? It's not possible. There's no way in this environment that they're finding 80 thousand people to do But they had to make it that big so they could come up with a fake number that would show that it's going to save us money. It's a, it's a it's that's a pie in the sky unicorns yep. and and pixie dust number and it's not the only one in there. There is a lot more junk in there
0: that cannot possibly be justified. But I wanted to bring an example first. This is the same government that does estimating like this. The Department of Education just released their accounting for the student loans, student loan program over the last 10 years. The estimate was that it would create billions and billions and billions of revenue for the government. So it it was supposed to bring in $114 billion, which is $6 per every hundred that was dispersed. The actual accounting came in, and they're just off a little bit. Um, it actually cost taxpayers $10 billion annually and $197 billion since 1997 for a minor error of $311 billion, taking it from a profit to a loss. Wow. Same
1: government estimators and this doing is, this. this is on interest rates of, like, six to ten yeah. percent in a zero percent environment. How yeah. th- I mean that's complete ineptitude. And now
0: it's the, the new the revised numbers now that it will cost the government nine dollars for every $100 dispersed. I,
1: it used to be a private program. So do you think that SoFi is that much in the in the red? On their business model, doing the exact same Seems thing. Seems to me, SoFi just reported a nice profit. Didn't I think they, they did. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's really weird. So, thanks, Barack. Unbelievable.
0: This. It's so discouraging because of what's going on right now with this so-called Inflation Reduction Act, throwing numbers around like that. Let's see what we got here. Well, here's one. Here's some people. An independent group. Is actually verifying what the government's coming up with for the Inflation Act. This group is a nonprofit. It's supposed to impress everybody, I'm sure. It's called Rewiring America. <laughs> and guess what they stand for? Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. They had to go out and find these people, but they're saying now that the government's going to raise two dollars in revenue for every one that it spends.
1: When was the last time we heard this? That's, yeah, I, I, every time I think they say that, but what are, which one are you referring to? Well, those to? of you who are of a certain age, remember
0: how George H.W. Bush went from an 80-some percent approval rate to an election loss in, well, a year or so because he sat down with the opposition And he agreed to their proposal that they would reduce spending $2 for every dollar of new taxes. Well, his pledge had been no new taxes. He gave in on that. And, of course, right after he lost, they canceled that program anyway. Shocking. There was no spending reduction. And we got Bill Clinton. And I'm not going to even comment on that one. At least he was somewhat reasonable. He didn't have any core values, so he didn't turn everything down. But according to Rewire America, you're going to get a $7,500 rebate for your electric vehicle. According to the EV industry, 70% of electric vehicles will be excluded from the program because they don't get their content from the right place. For instance, the batteries have to be made in North America. Do you know where batteries come from today, people? China. China. Period. China. This is the biggest boondoggle ever. Oh, and by the way, that $7,500 you would get on your Tesla, the Tesla went up $9,000 due to inflation over the last 18 months, and you're going to save $75,000 by paying $70,000 more or more, which you can't afford to do. It's disgusting. See you next week. This is the Ben with Financial Law.